I'm comedian, writer, and filmmaker Chuck Staten from the punk band Senior Discount. And I'm writer and comedian Brad Rohr from the Providence Improv Guild. And this is the Chuck and Brad Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 554 of the Chuck and Brad podcast. I'm Chuck. I'm Brad. How you doing, Brad? <sighs> how are you, Chuck? I think that's the important thing. I'm bad. How are you? How are you? Uh, I'm bad, but for different reasons. Yeah, but there's right. some overlap. There's some overlaps. Yeah, there's always some overlap. Yeah. 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 So uh, we recently did our um, year in review episode. Well received. People yep. are like, yes, I also lived through that year. Yes, 2021. And uh, we also did our Brammies and Chammies. Yep. Um. And now we're back, kind of catching up to normal. And since we did a since we last did a normal episode, which was I think our Spider Man episode, Spider Man yep. and Hawkeye, uh, which I think was three episodes ago. Yes, um, a lot has happened. That's correct. And so this episode is going to be kind of a weird. We're going to talk about some. We're going to do some emails. Chuck and Brad write in emails. Um, we're going to do. Some uh, movie updates of movies we saw and stuff like that. Yes. And then we're going to get into some harrowing stories, and I'm going to open up more emotionally than I have on the podcast in years. A mistake. Oh, yeah. Always a mistake. Pending, uh, yeah. Yeah. Pending doom. Yes. Yeah, so, okay. so a lot of stuff has happened to me. I think uh, this episode, like the title, I think should be Chuck's Mental Breakdowns and Chuck's Physical Breakdowns. I really think it should be. Uh, Brad is also here. <laughs> well, which you're I, having a breakdown right now. Which I feel like is the theme of the podcast yeah. over the past three years. <laughs> what do you mean? I feel like it's the Chuck show. Well, you're invited to tell your stories. Blink-182 rewrote their song. <laughs> to be about our podcast? To be about the Chuck show. Well, I feel like... And, I, and then at the end, in that warbly voice, and Brad is also here. Yeah. No, you're. I mean, we're, you know, we're, we're all... Whatever stories we have to tell, we tell. Yep. Sometimes you don't have as many interesting stories. I know. That's a problem. Well, I, I, that's my life. Make some stories. It's a problem for me <laughs> on a day-to-day basis. I hated my job again today. That's correct. You can say that, though. I welcome you to say that. Thank you. All right, you want to do some uh, emails? Well, first of all, let me tell you how much I hated my job today. Uh, I do. hated my job again today. You already told me. Yeah. Um, uh, let's do Chuck and Brad updates. What do you got going on? Oh, my goodness. I'm uh, I'm all over the place the next couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, this week, Friday the 21st mm-hmm. of January, I am at uh, the Providence Improv Guild. Don't know if they're doing live audiences. It might just be a live stream only show again. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty tough mm-hmm. to do improv yep. in that environment. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's streamed through the Providence Improv Guild, uh, YouTube and or Facebook. Um, then... Later that night at 9.30, I'm producing slash hosting Hmm. the Kismet Improv Cage Match. Nice. Three three teams enter, one team leaves with a belt I bought off of Etsy. Mm. A championship belt, not just like a person's belt. Yeah, not like just a regular belt. Uh, And then Saturday night, I'm back for Kismet and Friends at 7.30. Uh, I'm hosting guest monologist is Dave Rabinow, local improviser, uh, playwright, Etc. Mm. Uh, and then the following week, I am at, I don't know, I think I'm at Kismet just that Saturday night. Nice. So, you know, um, I'm just, I'm getting out there. I'm doing, oh no, I'm, I'm not at anything the weekend of the 28th and 29th. So All right. I wrote heart, th- oh, right, because my heart is broken mm. uh, physically, not emotionally. Right. Um, I'm falling apart too. All right. Yeah. 
So yeah, those are uh, those are my upcoming shows. I'm on some dates for Kismet and Pig in February, but you know, let's let's wait until we're closer to those and uh, sure, and and worry about that then. Nice. Um, what do you got going on? You got videos coming out. You got an article in in a magazine written about you. That's true. Surprisingly, not also written by you. You're right. I know. That's what I was surprised when I looked at the writer. But uh, no, um, you're, you're like I. I, su- I pitched this article yeah, right. like a year ago. Yeah, right. No, uh, yeah, I have some new videos. Uh, we just released Hot Gay Sets, episode eight, uh, on the Tuesdays with Stories Patreon. It's a behind-the-scenes documentary um, about Mark Norman's recent Netflix special, which yes. we shot in uh, August. I thought it was good. It made me like Mark more. And, really? I, and I already liked him quite a bit. Oh, yeah. I, I think it came out really good. People are really, really happy with it. Um, I've been on the past couple Tuesdays with Stories episodes. If you want right. to listen to Tuesdays with Stories, yeah, really, it's for going down the tube and kind of a producer role. Yeah, um, we got some more videos coming out. Um, the last Tell Him Steve Day video I released, I believe, was one of the Kiss videos. So, okay. and then this next week, I think it'll be a new Tales from Behind the Fake Counter right. on the Tell Him Steve Dave Patreon. So that's all stuff that I'm part of or directing or whatever. But that'll be coming out. Um, but right now, yeah, I think the the one to really focus on that's already come out is. Right. Uh, on the Tuesdays with Stories Patreon, Hot Gay Sets, Episode 8, Mark Norman Does Netflix. And I'm really happy with it. It was a great night. Uh, we talked about it at length, I think on Episode 533 of this podcast, okay. where I got kicked out Yep. Uh, back in August. And um, yeah, people are really happy with the video. Can I speak something into existence for you? Please. I'd like you to work with uh, Scott Klopfenstein. Yeah, me too. I'd love to work with Scott from um, Really Fish. I, I feel like he's so creative and so funny and so good. However, mm. he no longer lives in, in New York. I know. He lives in, yeah, across the country But, now. Uh, you know, it's 2022. Teleporters exist, right? Yeah, I think Hoverboards, so. I'd love to work with Scott. Jackie Chan. He's a great guy. Um, but yeah, it's something, something I, and I don't know what it would be. He was on our podcast. You know that? He wrote in. Nope. He was on it. Oh yeah, he yeah, was, yeah, with Cooley Ranks with yes, the Pilfers. Yes, I was, yeah. I, I, from a it took from a, a live a live event. Oh, in I remember. Brooklyn. I, I remember live events. Yeah, right, exactly. But uh, yeah, so we're gonna get into some emails and then into some weird shit. Email from Adam. Hey Chuck and Brad, the That's subject us. line is year in review. Okay. Hey Chuck and Brad, on the most recent episode, you mentioned that your year in review episode's coming up, and it made me wonder what goes into organizing all of that data throughout the year. I became a regular listener last fall and really enjoyed the 2020 year in review and Brammies and Shammies, but it's mind-blowing how much stuff you guys are tracking through the year. I'd be curious to know both of your processes. Oh, no. To me, it's one of those things I'd love to do because I love data and analytics, but I know I'd never keep up with it. Hope you guys have a great holiday season. Adam, great guy. Here's the truth. I used to keep a uh, current year stuff spreadsheet. Yes. It used to be like 2017 stuff, and I would put column one, uh, January, column two, the title of like a movie, a video game, a concert, a something. Right. And then column three, I guess maybe the date, I don't know. Um, or maybe the, the, what it was, like movie, right. video game, the classification. Then at the end of the year, um, for the Brammies and Chammies, which is our best of the year, we go through all the best movies, video games, music, whatever, I would then organize it and uh, figure out my favorites in all these different categories. So that was Brammies and Chammies you know, a few years ago. Right. I stopped keeping track of it really well. Yes. Um, and now we do these two year-end episode, which is year review and Brammies and Chammies. And I'll tell you my process and you can tell me yours. Absolutely. Or do you want to go first? You go first. All right. Uh, I think for me, I 
it, it's like a journal, but I send a, an, a, a weekly email to mm, a group of friends. Right. Yes. And in that email, I talk about what I've done the previous week. Uh, it started as a way for grad school friends to keep in touch when one, one of us moved away uh, with the idea of like, we'll just have this long email chain and we'll all respond to it about every week and keep everyone updated on how our lives are going. Mm. And I'm the only one who still does it. And I've added friends from college and home and, mm-hmm. you know, all over the place to this list. Um, and so that's that's a way to keep track. And it's like every Thursday, right around noon, I send it to these 50 people. Mm-hmm. Four of them read it. And one of them responds. It's fine. <laughs> thank, thank you, Bagley. I appreciate it. Uh, former podcast guest on like episode 12, Jim Bagley. Yep. Um, he, uh, yeah, he's a good guy. We, uh, so that's, that's how I kind of keep track of like yeah. everything, but I have a Goodreads account. So I track all my books read through Goodreads. And then this year I started a letterboxed account so I could keep track of when we watched certain movies. Can I, can I give these people though? Like, cause well, you just also, well, yeah, I, I want to explain this email before you go any further. Okay. Because you, you told them, you know, it's an email of the stuff I do every week. Yes. Um, and people are everyone's going to have a different version of what they think that is. Yeah, I was going to let them think of the most innocent version of that. Oh, well, I mean, innocent is is 100% the direction I'm leaning. Okay. But that's not exactly what my focus is. Okay. I'd say that roughly the emails are one paragraph per day. Yes. And it literally gets so specific that it might be... Sometimes. I woke up on Monday uh, at 7.32 a.m. No. And I went into the living room and I put some Totino's pizza rolls in the oven and then what? I sat on the couch. Why am I doing this on a Monday morning? It's when you have Monday off. Also, <laughs> no, it's, it's, that's, that's not what it is. It, it, I, I think it is. I, I, it isn't now. Oh, no. No, it's like Monday. I woke up. I went to work. Uh, it, was, it was really frustrating because of this. Mm-hmm. Lunch was this. But, he will, but in other words, he will say, I went to this restaurant and ordered this food. Yes, but that's more or, so I remember what I ordered. Well, that's this is yeah. kind of what I'm getting to. Right. And he'll say something like, me and Chuck hung out and played this game well, and I watched would, this movie. I wouldn't say me and Chuck. And that way, now, if me and Brad go to w- Wes's rib house, yep. Brad will, he'll be like, I wonder what I got here last time. Like, yes. if that happens, like, to not, tomorrow. Right. Brad will go in his email, he'll just search Wes's rib house, and he'll be like, oh, we came here seven days, seven years ago in March. And I ordered this and I thought it was too dry. And that's part of his emails is that he can kind of look back at his life with an encyclopedia-esque uh, thoroughness. A perfectly normal amount of detail. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> it's not. That's not at all. Anyway, so that's it's very specific. Right. This isn't this isn't a one paragraph email about no. his week. This is a seven paragraph seven email. Seven to ten to twelve to fifteen. Sure. I, you know, I've some of them have gone like into the four thousand word range. Mm-hmm. But it that's that's more like I'm talking about my feelings or emotions. Yeah, that's or not so much seven thirty two yeah. I made Totino's pizza rolls. All right, first of all, I'm never, never making Totino's pizza rolls in the morning. I've made Totino's pizza rolls in like eight years because they give me heartburn. I thought it was because they burned your mouth. No, they burned my mouth, which is why I didn't eat them for like fifteen years because I'm like, ah, pizza rolls are bad because yeah. they burn your mouth. And yeah. then somebody was like, Why don't you try baking them? And I'm like, now I like them. Yeah, right. With the um, heartburn. Yes. So that's how I keep track of a lot of my life and having these 50 something people, uh, you know, at, at least in my own mind, hold me accountable for keeping them updated on what's going on is a way that I've 
kept things going. I'm, I'm also like, I'm naturally uh, inclined to continue streaks of things for whatever arbitrary reason, whether it's, right. um, oh, this is yet another day that I had X number of calories or, you know, I've, I've gone through a chapter of the Bible every day, you know, for the past 400 days or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I am uh, I'm naturally inclined to to keeping up with things. Yes. Um, now my lunch spreadsheet of where I ate lunch. I don't record the date, but it's by semester. And the goal was to uh, our friend Wes, not of the Rib House. He and I would always like he'd show up for lunch because we were going to go get it together, and we'd be like, "Where do we want to go?" And then we'd like sit and think about all the places we could go, and then finally like decide on something. So I made a spreadsheet. These are the places we can go to eat and get back mm-hmm. in an hour, right? And th- with the idea of like, if we ever can't decide, we'll just pick a random number, right? And that happened once, and we're like, "Oh, we don't want to go there." So yeah. <laughs> We don't want it gross. And so then it then it became like, all right, well, let's how many times did we go to each of these places? And then Wes moved away. Right. So I just started tracking it for myself. And then I was like, oh, I don't want to eat, I don't want to pay, like go out and, and buy new food, buy fast food for lunch uh more than two days a week. So I want to make sure that 60% of my lunches happen in the office. Mm-hmm. And so now I have this spreadsheet that's the same restaurants as as far as they're open, but broken down by semester or break period. And I, you know, the goal is to keep my this semester percentage above sixty percent, which it is because so many places aren't doing dine in, or I'm not super comfortable dining in. So, uh-huh. like, you know, the past two years, uh, I'm I'm at like seventy two percent. I ate lunch in my office, and the other twenty eight percent is either I picked up food and brought it back to my office, or I ate in my car. Right. Um, so that's a weird thing. That's a very weird, like lunch spreadsheet thing for sure. But like, to me, it's like a goofy idiosyncrasy. That's like, yeah. a, it's, it's more, it's a conversation starter. I also think that there is, you know, we, we both got our things. Yeah. And like, I might, someone else might be like, oh, I watched an episode of a TV show, the office. I watched a rerun of the office Yep. and I might be like, oh, I updated my spreadsheet about what beat up games I want to be. And yes. it's just different things give it's different people different pleasure. Things. Yeah. Yeah, so Brad has his, you know, hyper-organized uh, way of looking at yeah. his day-to-day. I, like I said, I used to keep that spreadsheet of everything per year, yep. which would be the best way to do it, but I never stay on top of it. So now what I do is I wait for Brad to make his, and I take his list and I look at it of all the stuff, because we do a lot of stuff together, Yeah, and I look at it and I try to say like, okay, let's, I'll, 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 I'll look at that. As my main list. And then I'll be like, well, what else is this jogging in my memory? Then I'll look through my Google calendars because I put a lot of things in my Google calendar. I try to keep that updated. Uh, I look back through my Instagram and uh, I think that's... Oh, and then I look, I go to the podcast descriptions and I look back through the entire of the podcast because whenever we watch a movie, we tend to talk about it in the podcast or whenever we do a thing. So those are the three things that I do. I wish I was better at keeping a spreadsheet of the actual you know movies music games events all all the different things um so that at the end of the year we could do a year in review and Grammys and chamois a little bit better but it is hard to stay on top of it and when you miss a couple of weeks you just feel like ah whatever yeah so that's my method that was a very long <laughs> yes answer uh diana writes in uh, hi there. So a couple episodes back, Brad mentioned finding old letters from his high school relationship, and I immediately recalled a poem written to me by my high school boyfriend. Uh-oh. I tried to find the letter, but I think I may have thrown it out in my last move, but the majority of the poem has been etched into my subconscious only to come back into my mind during your podcast. 
I'm hoping that my ex-boyfriend doesn't listen to your podcast, but if he does, I hope he can find a bit of humor in this look into the past. I remember it because dot, 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 well, dot, dot, dot. You tell me what you think. Here goes. This is what I remember. Nice. Diana, 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 my sweet, sweet Diana, your red lips and fingertips knock me out. You're so fine. I'm glad you're mine. You're everything to me. This is what I see. I like this feeling. My fingers start peeling. I like it a lot. Diana, Diana, Diana. That's all I can remember, and I know I'm missing the last line. I think I remember this so clearly because of the fingers peeling line. That's a weird line. Yeah. My friends and I thought it was quite funny at the time. Winky face. What can I say? I was 17. Hope you get a little laugh out of that, and I hope you had a good Christmas. I'd sign my name, but I'm thinking I really don't need to. Diana. Thank you, Diana. Uh, That's really funny. Uh, Here's what I think when I think of fingers peeling. Taking clothes off somebody. Oh, you know what I mean. That's I what thinking, I think. I was thinking somehow your fingers are like, sunburned. Yeah, <laughs> I knew. I, I thought, yeah, okay. I mean, like the weird literal cartoon translation to me would be like banana, like a banana. That's that's my brain. Yeah, but I, you know, you peel off someone's clothes. That's true. You know what I mean? All so right. Maybe that's what he meant. I mean, you know, what are her lips and fingertips doing? I thought that was weird that he ca- called out her fingertips though too. Yeah. Because does this guy have a weird focus on fingers? Ooh, the old finger fat. It's a good question. Um. But right. you know what? If you're out there, if you're if you're Diana's ex boyfriend and you yeah. wrote this poem, first of all, give us the last line. Secondly, yes. you know, let your let your finger freak flag fly. Oof. There you go. You got it. All right, you ready? People don't know that that was uh, audio processing. It <laughs> it took seventy <laughs> takes. <laughs> yeah, right. They they're like Brad got it on the first try. That was great. Nope, seventy. All right. Uh, email from Matt. Subject line: DC Multiverse. Hey guys, just finishing up the latest episode. Hopefully nobody else beats me to the punch, but in the Arrowverse, which is the universe based around DC's Arrow TV show, they frequently would cross over things. Every season was an event season, most notable in the Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover. You get the original Flash from the 90s meeting the Arrowverse Flash, as well as the Arrowverse Flash meeting the movie Flash, Ezra Miller. Smallville Superman makes an an appearance. A couple of other small vignettes were filmed for this as well, including a scene of 66 Robin and Robert Wool from 89 Batman. Wow. I didn't know that either. And the most screen time is used by Brandon Routh, returning as Superman to help heroes out interacting with Brandon Routh's Adam. Um, there may be a few more that I'm forgetting, but that crisis was pretty major as far as crossing multiverses for DC. Thanks, guys. Talk to you later, Matt. And Matt's talking about the fact that we were discussing the uh, Spider-Man No Way Home multiverse crossover right. and all that stuff. Which is, that's pretty incredible. I, I I really didn't know that it went that deep. I knew that they did some kind of crossover stuff on the DC shows. Yeah, in my mind, it was like, the arrow meets the flash. Me too. I didn't know that it was 89 <laughs> and, Batman. And they hang out with Archie from Riverdale. Like, I, yeah, Sabrina the Teenage Witch stops by. Yeah, I had no clue. So that's that's cool to know. That's very cool to know. Um, and I appreciate the write-in. Um, I mean, for me, you know, Marvel and DC are the two real properties that have this in their history that can actually make this kind of thing make sense where different casts from different things come in and deal with each other um and that's cool to know i'm glad i'm glad that uh that you wrote in buddy all right from zane email subject line snob versus cob hey chuck and brad i hope you're doing well i've been listening to a lot of former episodes again i just list a lot of former episodes again i just listened to episodes Episode 367 titled Snob versus Cobb, Jurassic World. First, I got to say Snob versus Cobb is a segment that, need, that definitely needs to come back with Ray. <laughs> Second, and by the way, that, that segment is about how I love a lot of 
things like Jurassic World. Right. And Ray likes to pick them apart. A little Ray bit. has a refined palate. Yeah, like a, refined like, like a snob. Like a snob. Would. And, I'm just and you are a common cob. Yes, that's and the, the, really, the, like the, the well-known phrase. <laughs> the best thing about snob versus cob is that only snob makes sense. And yes. you know what it means when you say snob versus. Right. So I just put in a word that rhymes. Right. And it, cob means nothing. Second thing I'm curious about. Uh, I know you probably talked about an episode I just haven't listened to yet, but Brad, I was curious as to what your and Ray's opinions are on Bill and Ted 3. The last thing is, Chuck, have you finally sat down and watched the Bill and Ted movies? I was absolutely shocked listening to this episode and hearing that you've never seen them. That's all my questions for this week. I hope you both have been doing very well, and hopefully 2022 is better for all of us, Chubies and Rabies. Thank you, Zane. Um, I've only watched the first Bill and Ted, and I enjoyed it. Yes. I did not watch the second one yet, uh, and I did not watch uh, Bill and Ted 3. I but have not. I, to. I have also not seen Bill and Ted three because I'm like, mm. oh, like we'll watch it. Like the trio, we'll get together. Oh, and we'll yeah, watch the trio. It. That's me and and Ray. Uh, and Ray has since said like that he did not love it. It's not versus Cobb. That's correct. But we might be two Cobbs though. We right, like that's it. That's true. So I mean, if you want to watch Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey and and Bill and Ted three like sometime soon, sure, let's do it. Yeah. All right. Email from Brent, not your brother. Brammies and Chammies, full list. He has as a subject line. The, the idea of my brother, number one, like <laughs> knowing how to access a podcast and then choosing to listen to mine. Right. Both equally hilarious. Hey, Chuck and Brad. Discovered you guys about three years ago and have been a dedicated listener ever since. Thank you. Big fan of the podcast and all of Chuck's Patreon video work with Telm Steve Dave and a huge fan of Brad's book recommendations. Wow. Thanks. I listened to the 2021 Brammies and Chammies episode this morning and realized a big chunk of my recent music and books have come from these recap episodes. I know you've been at this for a long stretch and I know you both love spreadsheets. Is there a document that you've got that you can share that has all of the past Brammies and Chammies lists? I'd love to see it. Thanks. Chuby forever, Brent. So here's what I'll say. Uh, long ago, when we started the podcast in 2009, uh, right? Yes. We kind of didn't use... I didn't use spreadsheets as often. No. And... Um, I might, I, we use Google Docs at the time. Yeah. So I might have Google Documents uh, of that. And I'll have to see, I'll have to see if I can maybe pull out my Google Docs. But I should, I should have a list of every year, all the stuff right. I liked, right? Yeah. It's not like we, I don't know that there was a year that we hand wrote them and then yeah. disposed of them. I should be able to find it. So, you know, Brent, I'll, I'll look for it and I hope I can send it to you. I, you know, as I talked about, I have Google Forms, right. which feed into spreadsheets, but I think from like 2014 on. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it's seven different forms. Right, right. Uh, but I can compile those spreadsheets and, you know, different tabs and all that stuff. Yeah, let me, I'll look. You can see the poopiest turds through the years. <laughs> yeah, right. From Logan, uh, subject line, animated slash family movie recommendation. Happy New Year. As the animated family movie category was lacking for the 2021 Brammies and Chammies, I'd like to offer up a recommendation. Mitchells versus the Machines. Ooh, I did watch that. I forgot to write it down. It's a Netflix original and admittedly on a bit on the long side, a hair under two hours, but I genuinely think you both will thoroughly enjoy the flick. I did. Rooting for 2022 to be a great year for you both, Logan. Thanks, Logan. Uh, Logan, I thought that the trailer for Mitchells versus the Machines looked awesome. It was it was, uh, it was was a really, like, it was an enjoyable movie. Yeah, I, I, I looked really, really good. And uh, I was excited to watch it, and I just didn't watch it. Um, this year, I've already watched Encanto. Oh yeah, I got to watch Encanto. It's too. good, but I want to. I want to see that. Kind of, it gave me the feeling like um, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, yes. which I loved. Yeah, was it? The, was it the similar tone? Yeah. Was it the similar like creators or, or directors? Ooh, or I have what? no idea. Let's see, Mitchell's. In my mind, like, I, I know Mitchell's versus the Machines, uh, you know, there were people who were like, the main character is gay. 
Okay. So I'm not going to watch oh. it. And it's like, she has a girlfriend that it gets uh, 40 seconds of screen time at the end. So okay. calm yourself. Yeah. Uh, directors, Michael, Rianda, and Jeff Rowe. And that's who it was written by, too, along with Peter. I don't know how to say his name. Uh, yeah, I want to watch it. But it's thank good. you for the it's writing. Worth, worth a watch. For sure. Yeah. All right. Last one. All right. Subject line. Question for Brad about the best man. Whoa. From Daniel. When you ask yourself, what would the best man do? Do you mean to imply that it's something different than what the best woman or best non-binary would do? Yeah, I like to be <laughs> exclusive when I refer to ethics books that were written in 2003, <laughs> um, where I got the information based on ethical principles from 150 years ago. Uh, number one, I identify as a man. Yes. Uh, number two, of course I don't, and I and I hope I hope that his tongue was planted firmly in his cheek. I think he was when uh, when he wrote that. But the best, uh, you know, the best person. So you know, and, and what he's referring to is is the the philosophy and ethics of when you're confronted with a methic, an ethical dilemma or methical mm-hmm, dilemma, mm-hmm. Uh, which is medical slash method, method man. Oh, oh okay. sorry. Yes. <laughs> When you're like, what would Method Man do in this situation? No, you uh, when you're Call confronted with uh, with an ethical dilemma, you or or any situation, you think, what would the best person in the world do in this instance? Mm-hmm. You know, if you walk by a piece of trash on the ground, the best person in the world would pick up that trash. Right. Ergo, you should pick up that trash. Right. I get it. Um, and so yes, I apologize for saying best man. I will go with best person, and hopefully that will not exclude people who I don't don't identify as people. That's fair. Yeah. People who don't identify as people. You're already, you're already... I know what I said. <laughs> All right, so we're going to get into some weird topics my today. My tongue can also go into my cheek. Oh, okay? yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we're going to get into some weird topics today. We're going to see how we, this plays out, because uh, I got I got some weird stories. All right. Uh, well, first of all, just kind of catching up. Like I said, last couple of weeks have been Brammies and Chammies, year-end review, so people don't know what's been going on in our lives the past couple of weeks. Uh, you know, we had Christmas... Uh, Right around Christmas, I found out that my toll bill for the previous month was about $400 when I was, so I live in Staten Island and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm commuting to New Jersey to work with Tell Em Steve Dave and New York and, you know, the, the Manhattan to work with Tuesdays with Stories as well as Rhode Island to come home and work here. And, um, my tolls were $400 for one month. It's a lot of tolls. A lot of tolls. And so I knew I had to get the New York Easy Pass and sign up for a specific like bridge oh, okay. program or something. Yeah. Um, so you could play bridge with people as you drive. Yeah. But can you believe how many tolls? It's, That's, just, it's insane. Yeah. And I don't, I don't work five days a week no. filming at all. Um, I don't even know why I wrote that down. Why did I have to say that in the podcast? But. It's true. You're bragging about how much money you have that you can spend no. that much on tolls. No, it's just part of the. It's part of a problem that I did eventually solve. Good by getting the easy pass I needed. I had a Rhode Island easy pass. Yes, which gives you no breaks. Uh, we watched a few movies together. Yes, we did. We watched uh, Edgar Wright's Last Night in Soho recently. Even even before that, we watched movies that what we haven't they? talked about yet. What we watched Eight Bit Christmas. Oh, we watched Eight Bit Christmas. Yeah, we uh, did. Starring starring Neil Patrick Harris and you know a bunch of kids about uh, the attempt to get a Nintendo Entertainment System in the late eighties. Yes, and I thought Eight Bit Christmas was really good. I really liked it. It kind of reminded me of a of an updated and fun and lively uh, Christmas story. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It was. It was. Uh, it was a lot of fun to watch. Steve's good, on. Good I love time. Steve's on. It extended our Christmas season because we watched it technically in January. Um. <laughs> So yeah, good stuff there. The next night we watched the new Matrix movie. Oh my god, I forgot about that. 
Yep. We watched the we did watch the new Matrix movie. Uh, I found it difficult to get invested in. I was pretty uh, not into it. Yeah. Yeah. I was not really into it. Uh, I really like the concept. Yes. Of him, you know the the game the video game series, and it means right. so much to all these people. And I love the meta stuff, but man, it was really weird. I just was... Yeah, yeah. there's some very confusing stuff that uh, neither of us understood. I was very bored. Yeah. I got to be honest. Yeah. Uh, but but then, so then last night in Soho? Then it was, oh, we went to Wendy's and then you went to Staten Island. Yes. I watched Encanto, as I mentioned. Oh, yeah, good. I watched Army of Thieves, which I want to wait until you watch. So yeah, I want to watch Army it. of Thieves. Uh, the the, the blah, Army blah, of blah. the Dead prequel. Yes. Then... Yeah, then we watched a documentary. The Beanie Baby one? The Beanie Baby documentary. Was it Beanie Mania? I'm Be- almost Beanie cer- Mania? I'm almost, <laughs> also 70 takes. I'm almost certain it was titled Beanie Mania. Okay, I'm going to look it up right now. Um, and that was on HBO Max, and it was a documentary, kind of a light documentary about the, sure. the history, the rise and fall, the massive popularity swings of Beanie Babies. You're right, it was Beanie Mania. And how that came to be, and and who was responsible for it, and... Um, an interesting look at the economics of fads and collecting and <laughs> yes. things like that. So yes, um, definitely worth it. But you know, not not a life changing feature. <laughs> no, and we'll kind of explain why we watched it in a, in a minute. It's because Chuck put all of his savings. Yes, it's because I keep telling everybody what my savings account is, but it's really the estimated value of um, my yes. antiquated Beanie Baby right, collection yeah. based based on a, a magazine from 1996. By the way, they're so weathered. They're so yeah, used. They're, <laughs> they're so severely I, I, used. I, my dog has eaten a lot of right, them. I, right. I, they're like, I hug them when I go to sleep. I'm sweating all over I them. I let all the neighborhood cats give birth on my pile of Beanie Babies because I, I I'm hope the it's just sweat life. on them. Yes. Yeah, right. May, maybe one day my Beanie Babies will come to life. Right. Who knows? And you don't want to watch them. Rabbit. Yeah, right. things like that. Yeah, oh, you don't want to watch them. That Winnie lowers the, the value. Exactly. <laughs> that's, that's you don't want to watch the cats give birth. You don't want to watch them because it lowers the value. <laughs> um, so we watched Beanie Mania. Yeah. Worth a watch. That was fun. Yeah, it was, it was it's fun. fun. It was it's a fun. fun documentary. It was very fun. We watched Last Night in Soho, the new movie from director Edgar Wright. Yes. Who I, I love Edgar Wright. I love Shaun of the Dead. I love Scott Pilgrim. I love Baby Driver. Um, Hot Fuzz. Hot World's Fuzz, End. yeah. yeah. And last night in Soho, super ambitious, super well done, su- like technically amazing and great, but just not for me necessarily. Yep. But but like not like oh I don't enjoy watching this. Right. I still enjoyed watching it. It's just not a movie that I'm going to revisit. Um, and I think the fact that it was so stylized was a little bit of the the fun of the project right. and the point of the project. And I really liked a lot of stuff they did. So it's definitely worth a watch, especially if you like him. Um, very interesting. Um, and we watched the movie Pig with Nicolas Cage. Yes. And it was fucking awesome. So, like, like, it sucks because I know Nicolas Cage is capable mm-hmm. of being a great actor. For sure. And then for years, he was like, I have IRS problems and will do whatever project is put in front of me for money. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, not to say that Nicolas Cage ever phoned it in, but come on, ring, ring. Yep. And uh, in Pig, he's like, "Oh, I want to remind people what I'm capable of oh, it's as so good. far as being an actor." And and I was blown away by his performance. It was so good; like, it caught me off guard. I expected it to be, you know, Nicolas Cage. Yeah, and it was uh, just thoroughly well acted. And what a great movie! So well shot, so delicately shot, so 
it's such a great story about a specific world. Yeah. And I love the tone of how the culinary scene infects people and all the stuff is just, it was so good. Watch Pig. If you're a fan of movies, watch Pig. Uh, I loved it. We started playing through <clears throat> Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, the game, yes. which I've wanted to beat for about 10 years almost. Yes. I think, I don't, did it come out in 2013, you think? So maybe yeah. eight years? Yeah. I've wanted to beat it since it came out, and uh, I just, I tried to play it by myself at one point. It's a side-scrolling, retro-inspired beat-em-up, and it was too hard, and finally Brad and I sat down and we started playing it, and man, it's so fun. It's yes. so perfectly done. Um I also recently watched uh, two of Tom Segura's most recent specials for the first time and one of the Burt Kreischer specials because I okay. recently got into their podcast, Two Bears, One Cave. Yep. All awesome. Really, really good. Um, and that's kind of the pop culture-y stuff for me. Anything else with you? You said Encanto. How was it? Hey, I, I really enjoyed it. I, I know it's, you know... The, the youths are making memes about it, that like the idea of we don't talk about Bruno being a banger and lit. Mm -hmm. uh, they're not saying lit anymore. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, people are really enjoying the soundtrack. Um, you know, for our, our, our woke pals, they're like, oh, it's nice to see non-white families represented in this way. And, um, you know, the idea of like, oh, they had, like they had to fight. The animators had to fight to draw this woman character with muscles. And I'm like, well, they won. So... <laughs> why why is this a thing uh, um but it's you know it's 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 a really enjoyable you know really enjoyable movie great uh you know like the songs are great lin-manuel yeah. miranda is responsible for that oh, and, i didn't even know that he was involved yeah so it's uh, a really fun watch on disney plus great um it's getting good stuff and like i said we'll wait until you watch army of thieves not that we need to discuss it as much as we discussed army of the dead right um because, you know army of thieves being a heist movie and uh, army of the dead being a nonsense film <laughs> i know you disagree with yeah me. i love I, I enjoyed it i had a fun time watching it i had a fun time with my friends <clears throat> yep yep um so that's kind of it you know and then for me i, I slid into uh move in for work uh, i work in the housing department at a college mm -hmm. and students are moving back in but they all have to take covid tests beforehand mm -hmm. and they all have to make sure their balances are under a thousand dollars and they have to be enrolled in class and uh it just feels like a lot has fallen on not not just housing but specifically me uh, my coworker and friend april has left uh, for a promotion at a different school yeah which leaves just me to handle a, a, a lot of the work that uh, that normally two people would handle mm -hmm. and and you know other people in my department are busy doing their things that uh, like we're just everybody short-staffed and i get it mm -hmm. it's just really frustrating and i've been doing it for 15 years and you know we'll see what else is out there who knows let me ask you something yes please how many bb babies do they pay you per week um well it depends on the week uh like what i'm what's coming out in insurance mm -hmm. right. uh, union dues things right. like that right <clears throat> but usually you know uh, like three quarters of a beanie baby. <laughs> I was gonna say. I was gonna say. At my physical therapy, I only have to pay one leg yes. because the insurance takes care of the yeah. rest. Uh, they they give me three quarters, and uh, and then I get to to. They also provide the needle and thread. <laughs> right, 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 so right. I'm making my own beanie babies, right. where it's like, oh, the top quarter is a squirrel, right? Bottom three quarters, bull. Yep, I hear you. Yeah, so I had some weird experiences, and I want to talk about them with you. Is it a burl or yeah. a squall? <laughs> I don't think either of them are good. Maybe <laughs> no. it's squall the burl. Yes. Um, I've had some weird experiences recently. I kind of want to be open about them because people might be able to to uh, connect with me, I think. And also, I think that um, 
maybe for me, it's going to put things into perspective that, you know, life is about ebbs and flows and all that stuff. Sure. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think that it's a good thing. You know, we've talked about the podcast being a place that we can look back and say, oh, this is a snapshot of our lives right. at this point in time. Right. So this is what your life is at this point in time. This is a snapshot. I've got a Polaroid. Yeah. yeah. Flash is super bright. Yeah. So just, that's okay. Just, I'll stand far back. Yeah. Good thinking. Oh, your eyes are going to be so red. Yes. Just like right. that Nickelback song says. Mm-hmm. By the way. And also like Benny the Bull, the Beanie Baby. Yes. Yeah. You know. I, that Nickelback song, How Did My Eyes Get So Red, is one of the worst rock lyrics in history. That's ah, not so bad. No, it's worse than bad. Okay. Okay. Um, tell, tell me what's going on. Give me that snapshot. So I want to talk about, so basically, as everyone knows, you know, going into Christmas this year, and I'll kind of really open up about this. I think, I, you know how people say I bit off more than I can chew? I do know. How I, bit, I think I bit off a lot. But I don't know if it's more than I can how, yeah, chew. I was say, how much can you chew? Because the that's the question. There's two. That's there's two. There's two yeah. measurements. Yeah. But this fall was a lot. Yes. Um, you you're, know, you're you're working for Tuesdays. You're working for Tesdi. And I'm and I moved to New York. Yep. You know, I had a breakup of my relationship of seven years. Yep. Uh, I'm back and forth between New York and Rhode Island for us to do podcasting stuff, live shows, Rhode Island Comic Con, whatever yep. we do. Uh, holidays, obviously. Yep. Um, you got COVID. I got COVID this this uh, Thanksgiving. You really bit off more you, than you could chew by getting COVID. Yes. Well, there was a lot of stuff. And, yeah. I, you know, I'm really, I'm doing my best to stay on top of my deadlines and get all my work done. But it's a lot. Yes. You know, it's, it's really hard running back and forth and doing all this stuff. And I kind of kept telling myself, oh, you know what? Moving uh, and and breaking up and all this stuff around the holidays... Is just like extra on top of extra. Yeah. And so when January comes, I think I'll be able to smooth out and really figure out how to balance my life a little bit better and not feel so overwhelmed and like I'm always, you know, running around, you know, with my pants on fire. I don't know. And uh, I'm not lying, by the way. I know that that's usually your pants on fire is you right. lied. Right. No, just like I'm running all the time. Okay. My pants never go out. But as long as I keep up a speed, then they won't singe me. It's like, like speed. It's like when Mario mm-hmm. in three in in Galaxy or three D, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. he he runs around and there's, then a, it, there's a fire flower. It makes him go on fire and he runs away from it. No, no, no. Like if if he falls in the lava and he like bounces oh, way up in the yeah, air, and that's then runs how I am. In circles. Yeah, that's how I am all the time. Exce- yeah, except it's a bug on the level. Exactly. And pants never go out. I My got pants you never go out. Yeah, I got you. So Christmas uh, holidays in general were really lonely. Obviously, I had COVID for Thanksgiving. Right. But Christmas was really lonely. Um, and, uh, you know, it was the first year I didn't, I was out of a relationship in a long time, Right, lost a lot of traditions, lost a lot of people that I celebrate with because of that. Yep. Um, and it was sad. Um, but I was also trying to be appreciative of my family and yes. you and my friends. And, you know, I, I got to have Swiss, my dog sleep over on the Christmas Eve into Christmas morning, all this yep. stuff, trying to stay, uh, positive whatever and christmas christmas day did end up really nice but you know it was just a lonely period of time yes so i was kind of sad in general around the holidays it really brought me down yeah and that week maybe tuesday wednesday brad and i were writing together podcasting and we went to a groundsville cafe do you remember this is that yes in tiverton yes and that that day, a couple of days, I was waking up and feeling like my back was a little stiff. Right. Now, years ago, about 10 years ago, 
um, I had a bulging disc problem in my spine. And what happened was I was doing a, a, a weightlifting thing in the gym. Right. And I lifted irresponsibly. Um, I had a pain in my back that was getting worse. It was misdiagnosed as a muscle for a long time. Right. My insurance didn't want to pay for an MRI. I was going to physical therapy for as a muscle when really I should have gotten an MRI immediately. I think I made it worse by doing that and right. kind of treating it like a muscle for a long time. I was also 10 years younger, so I got frustrated and I just didn't really take care of it the way I was supposed to. Right. I kept working at Movie Stop and lifting a lot of stuff. And yep. It got worse and worse and worse. Ended up in incredible pain. To the point where for three weeks straight, I was on 12 Percocet a day. Right. Um, eventually got surgery, uh, discectomy. It was like miracle cure surgery. Um, but it was five months that were really frustrating, ending with like agonizing pain from yep. this bulging disc. Um, and that was in December of 2011. And you had the same surgery. Yes. In, um, in two. Th- Thousand. How long did you have the bulging disc before you got surgery? I had a ruptured disc. Okay. Uh, and it ruptured in, it, it probably ruptured in June. Mm-hmm. And like you, I was like, ah, it's just a thing. It'll go away. And uh, I had the surgery in September. Okay. Mine was five months. Yeah. And yours was like three months or yeah. four months or whatever. Yeah. So that happened to me. And the surgery was really successful in terms of, they just clipped the end of the disc. Yep. And... Uh, Surgery was really successful. Once in a while, my back gets stiff. I'm supposed to do exercises, whatever. So this year, right after Christmas, my back was a little stiff. So Brad and I went to go to Groundswell. And I said to Brad, my back is stiff. Kick me in the back. And I said, We'll do. And he grabbed onto two poles. No, no, but one of the things that really keeps me loose is walking and running and being active. And I was like, let's go for a walk. But it was super fucking cold out. Yes. So we started walking. And I'm like, oh, I know I'm not going to be able to walk for that long because it's so cold. So I started really twisting and kicking and like throwing my arms out and spinning around. It was, uh, <laughs> I was, I was like, oh, can I go into the witness protection program now? But I really did this because I was like, let me, I, I, I've been editing, I've been sitting, I've been driving right. and I want to just get active and move around. Right. Um, so I was kicking and spinning and whatever. Um, and you know, I could tell I was like pulling things and, and you know, it was, it was uh, laborious physically. Yeah. But whatever. That's fine. So over the next couple of days, all of a sudden I started getting this incredible pain in my ankle when I would stand up for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't be there when I sat down. It wouldn't be there when I laid down. Side of the ankle, front of the ankle, back of the ankle. It was, it's on my left leg. Okay. And it was kind of in the front and kind of on the left side. Okay. The outside of the yeah. ankle, I guess. Um, and my foot was going numb. The bottom of my foot was going numb. Not great. Up towards the toes, the pads, the the heel, yep. the middle. It was all kind of going numb, but it was really only when I stood for a little bit. And then I could sit and it would kind of go away. Yeah. So that was happening a little bit off and on. And I'm like, oh, this sucks. What is the deal with this? For New Year's Eve, you know, it was it was tough because one of the reasons I think that the holidays have been really extra lonely is because I lost the relationship and I... Usually when you do that in regular world, in the regular world, you kind of get closer to your friends and spend more time with people socially. But because we're dealing with not only COVID, but this fall was like a rise and rise and rise and rise of COVID. Still rising. So many of our friends were not doing things and not going out and and events were getting canceled and people didn't have plans. So even though I'm in my home state of Rhode Island, I want to see all my friends. 
really there's not that many people around. There's right. not that many things to do. There's not that people aren't going out. It's also the winter, obviously. Um, and so I was like, I want to go out for New Year's Eve and hang out with people. And I kind of texted a bunch of people. And then I ended up hanging out with my buddy, uh, Matt Kelly, the lead guitarist for Senior Discount, and his wife, Ashley Kelly. She's great. And we went to a little party in Warwick where I didn't really know anybody. And I kind of had wanted to go to um, our friend's show, the Carson Daly, the 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 punk, the cover band. Yeah. Um, and they were at uh, Union Station Brewery in Providence. Great restaurant. So I hung out with Matt and Ashley for a while, and my, my leg really hurt. My foot really hurt. And I yeah. was kind of trying to sit down. And it sucks because I felt very antisocial because of that and right. distracted. And I'm like, I didn't even know anybody there besides Matt and yeah. Ashley. So I left there around 11.15 to go to Union Station Brewery. I was on the phone. I was talking to people. And I ended up not even going into Union Station Brewery because I kind of missed the ball drop part of it. Right. So I was like, I might as well just go home. New Year's Eve, I go home. I'm bummed. The holiday seasons are kind of a bust. Whatever. I uh, New Year's Eve, I ate a frozen pizza and I went to bed at 11.15 and it was yes. great. Yes. You told me you did not want to do anything. I did not. And uh, so not, here's, not because of COVID. I just don't like New Year's Eve. And here's this, and so here's what happened. So everyone knows, you know, uh, my relationship broke up in September and I've been dealing with the breakup. And this story is not about Gina, my ex-girlfriend. It's about me. Right. But late that night, New Year's Eve, I'm home by myself. I'm playing Mario. I don't know what I'm doing. Playing some video game or something. Because uh, I remember I was in the recliner. And I, I'm trying to keep up a good relationship with Gina, my ex. Um, I've really wanted to stay friends. And she's been kind of like, you know, I'm not going to... I'm not going to really like put it all out there, but she just basically has been like, oh, I don't know if that's good for us to do as we're breaking up. Right. It's just be friends, which is totally sensical. Yeah. I was hoping, and, and, and basically I've just been giving her space. I'll say, hey, do you want to come do this with a couple of us? And right. she would say, oh, I don't really think that's a good idea. And I said, okay. And I'm just waiting. I'm just yeah. kind of waiting to be friends with her. Um, because I guess just to, just to put this out there, because I kind of have to declare my intentions or else people are going to be like, well, what, is, what do you mean you want to be friends with her? Um, our relationship broke up and it was one of those breakups where we hadn't like fallen out of love or anything. Right. And it also wasn't like a breakup where either of us were like mad or like you son of a bitch or anything like right. that. So we broke up, uh, very much still in love, very much heart, both heartbroken about the breakup. Um, and I, you know, for, this has been something that's been on the table for a long time. Um, and I kind of, I think for a while I've just, I was so dedicated to being like, you know what? We have such a special connection. We have such a special relationship. We have so many things in, in which, which ways we work together and, and we, my work together, I don't mean work. I mean like we, we fit together and, and our, our personalities go together, all this stuff Right. that I was really like, when we broke up, I was like, I'm so dedicated to us staying close. I'm so dedicated to being in your corner and being close to you and being your friend and having this reciprocal care. And I believed, you know, I believe, I believed that we could really achieve that if we really, really tried. Right. That even though it would be hard, right, maybe we'd have to keep give each other some space or only hang out in certain, whatever. Right. And I know that the average person would say, you're crazy, that could never work. But, you know, I don't care. I, I really, I, you know, in terms of what my life has been always, I don't care what the average thing is. Right. Here's what I think that I, that makes more sense and I love her and, you know, we're very close and all these different things. And I really believe we could work through that. So we had a very considerate and I don't know, uh, 
I don't want to use the word cordial because it feels really cold, but we had a very considerate like breakup period and afterwards and we stay in contact and obviously we share custody of our dog, Swiss Miss. Yep. And so we've seen each other a bunch of times and it's the type of thing where I can, I can, you know, we, we work together. I, re- I review restaurants and she takes pictures of it and we've done that since we broke up together at the Guild in Warren, Rhode Island. And uh, so that's what I've been kind of like pushing for. And we've seen each other, like I said, we've talked on the phone a little bit, we've texted, we've seen each other just very minimally, but it was always me being like, oh, we're going to be friends and me asking her to spend time with me in some setting that I think would be neutral and her being like, I don't know if it's a good idea, which like I said, sensical, logical, normal. So on New Year's Eve, um, I knew, you know, I, I, I hadn't really, like I had talked to her, I'm sure on that time. Um, and I went on my Snapchat and like people can put up stories like Instagram. Yes. And I went to her stories and I saw that she is seeing somebody new. Mm. Right? It's got a sting. And uh, it really, really bothered me a ton. And I was super, super mad and more sad than anything. Yeah. But mad. And it's a weird thing because I wasn't hoping we were going to get back together. Right. I wasn't planning on that. I'm the one who ended the relationship, but I was, it hit me so hard and I kind of like, you know, had those feelings and I didn't, I didn't really say anything to her. Um, You know, I I think I made, I I texted her about, about a a small specific thing, but I didn't really have a conversation with her about it at all. Right. And a couple days later I saw her uh, and uh, I was kind of like mad and I was expressing that. Right. And, and, you know, like I said, this story is not about her. It's about me. Right. And she, you were, you were doing, uh, you were kicks and you were twists. <laughs> I was doing my twists. Well, so, so, so concurrently, yeah. I'm like laid up and I'm in a lot of pain too. Right. Well, I don't know if that factored in, but when I saw her, I was kind of mad. I was like, I can't believe you're already, you know, seeing someone. Right. And by the way, I, I don't, I have no knowledge of this relationship really. Um, oh, he's, uh, is, is he a chuby? Like, <laughs> Unlikely, but he like he should be. I mean, if he's around here, it might be. But uh, he should like he should be. It could like, be like everybody should be. Yeah, he could. He could yeah. be Daniel T. Yeah, you know who knows. Um, Daniel T. in Canada. Yeah, uh, well, you know, long distance. Yeah, and uh, you know, I was kind of just like stuck on like I'm like I can't believe she's seeing someone, and I have no idea exactly what the terms of that even are. Right. Uh, three months after we broke up, and I was mad, and I was mad, and I was mad, and I saw her, and I kind of told her I'm like this is not cool, and you know whatever I said. Yeah. And she was not happy that, it, you know, like I said, the story's not about her, so I'm not going to get into her feelings, but right. she wasn't happy. Right. She left. And I, I thought about it a lot. And this is the first point of the point I want to bring up to you. I thought about over the course of a day and I was like, you know what? We broke up three months ago. I've seen a bunch of people in different ways. Right. Um, and we were both dealing with this loss of this seven-year relationship. We were, we were so in love and we had these lives that were intertwined. And it's so hard. It's so lonely and all these different things. You know, she's not the same person as me. Nope. Um, so I, you know, so even if I'm like, well, my thing is that I'm going to be guarded for a long time. I'm not going to open myself up to really getting invested or whatever. It's probably not fair for me to say what I'm doing is appropriate and what you're doing is inappropriate. Right. That's probably not fair of me. Right. And over the course of a day or a couple of days, because I really was thinking about it even before we talked I kind of gut myself to the point of accepting it and understanding that um, that there wasn't something fucked up about it or right. that there wasn't wrong to do that. Right. Um, 
and I really collected my thoughts about it and I kind of wrote everything down. And, um, you know, I, I told her it's what I think what happened for me that hit me so hard was that I was waiting for us to be friends. Right. And all of a sudden that seems off the table because of the new, because if there's a new person, that's going to be way harder. Yes. Um, and we, we had a big talk about it and it was very positive and it was very understanding and it was very not combative. It was very like, I told her all my feelings about that kind of stuff and told her a bunch of feelings that I had. It was very positive, right? Walked away in, in a, in a positive place in terms of understanding each other, whatever. Um, and she kind of confirmed to me, like, yeah, like I, you know, when you said you wanted to be friends, I told you I thought that was going to be really, really hard. And I think it has been too hard. And that's yeah. why we're, you know, that it hasn't happened. And, you know, I don't think that's going to be happening in the foreseeable future or whatever. But here's what happened after that. So two stories concurrently. One is that, right? Okay. Emotional. Yep. The other physical. Same, that first day, the day beforehand where I was like arguing with her a little bit. Yeah. My leg was getting worse, worse, worse. Me and you went out to to lunch with my parents on New Year's Day. You were like, "Hey, kick me in the back." Man, my parents were they were so annoying that day. Like they were funny, but they were so annoying. Your dad has had a zinger at my expense. I don't remember what it was, <laughs> but it was legitimately the funniest thing I've ever heard him say. Yeah, that was really funny. But they were like, "Oh my god, your leg hurts. You got to go to the doctor. You got to go to the doctor." And they were going crazy, and I was like, "Fuck." So that day, the day that me and Gina had this that the first the confrontation Early that day, I went to the emergency orthopedist. Right. Uh, this doctor immediately gave me an x-ray in my lower back. And she was like, yeah, the x-ray is completely normal. Um, you, you need an MRI. Yeah. And I was heading back to New York in like 48 hours. Yeah. And I was like, I got to get this MRI before I go, which is hard. And, and 10 years ago, I had such a problem getting a fucking MRI because yeah. they're expensive. Yes. So I'm calling my insurance all day. I'm like, did you get this yet? Did you get this yet? Because they have to approve it. Right. And uh, the doctor at the orthopedist was like, she's like, I think I think they're going to approve it because you already had a spine thing. So I'm calling, calling, calling. Finally, the insurance says, yes, we approved it. And I and now now I'm like, where, where am I going to have this MRI? I'm calling. This is all day. Yeah. Monday. I get them to agree to give me the MRI that night at like 830 at night. Yes. Um, so I'm dealing with this pain all day. I'm dealing with calling these doctors all day. It's so frustrating. I have to keep calling the original place. They're, you know, the insurance is like, they didn't send it over yet. Then I got to call the original place. And they're like, we already did send it over. Yep. In between that is when Gina comes over to drop off Swiss. Right. That's when I have a little bit of a confrontation with her. She leaves. I go get the MRI. Right. In Pawtucket, Rhode Island, and come back. Next day, me and Gina kind of really talk about it and have a much more healthier conversation. Right. Um, and I'm like, all right, good. I got the MRI. Now I go home to, uh, to New York right after that. Yes. And I'm still thinking about this situation with Gina. Yep. And for some reason, it's like we broke up all over again. Yeah. Like I'm exactly, when I went back to New York, it was like, I was exactly back to like the day we broke up. Yeah. Uh, you know, we broke up in late September and lived together until late October. And uh, it was just like we just broke up. Again, just, it just was really hard. You the, know, the emotions were just hitting tears, me super yeah, hard. Of course. I was crying. I was inconsolable. I was so emotional. But it was confusing because was, I was like, but I wasn't trying to get back with her. I wasn't planning on getting back together. We really fought for our relationship for a long time. And, and we made this decision. And it was the right decision. 
And I was like, why am I feeling like this? But I was like losing it. I was like losing my shit. So I'm in New York and over the course of a couple days, my leg thing is kind of subsiding a little bit. You know what I mean? The thing, the, the pain in my, my, my left ankle is like kind of going away, but the emotional, uh, the emotions that I feel are like fucking, it's like, I can't even, I'm trying to call you. I'm trying to call Ray. I'm trying to call my other friends to talk about this. I can't even talk about Gina or our relationship or how I feel without breaking down. Right. I can't even bring myself to talk to anyone about it. I talked to Lou for like two hours and I'm just completely like losing my mind. And you have to remember, I'm in New York, in Staten Island, right. where I don't know anybody around me. Right. Like I'm, I'm there to to move forward with my career and work, you know, with Tell Him Steve Dave and work with Tuesdays. But I don't have just people who are friends there. Right. I have, you know, I, I feel close to the Tuesdays guys. I feel close to the Tell Him Steve Dave guys. But I'm not going to text Walt and say like, man, like... I think I'm going to take my own life. Can we go out to dinner or, or watch a movie? I'm not going right. to do that. Um, Especially the places Walt likes to eat. No, I, I like them too. But uh, just kidding. But yeah, so like I'm there and I'm completely alone and I'm I'm flipping out. And there's there's some people that you know I've hung out with there and stuff like that. And those people are helpful. But in general, it's a, it's, it's yeah it's on, it's, on a, a, it's a big step to take in any friendship to be like, hey, I am yeah broken right and, now. and there is no one there who i can call and be like hey do you want to go out to dinner in a little while right there's absolutely no one yeah or no one that i would feel comfortable putting that on i should say because right. there's like nichelle always checks up on me yeah brian nichelle and uh and i'm friends with mark and joe and stuff like that but you know if i hit up mark and i was like hey man i'm feeling terrible i can't do this he'll he'd be like come out tonight like, he's always doing spots in the city and stuff right. so but i feel bad putting that on them it's just i don't have anyone that's just like my friend um but that week, I was like inconsolable every day, fucking crying and trying to call people. And I was like, I don't know what to do. I'm like, I'm going to I'm going to lose my fucking mind. Um, I went over to the new Tuesdays with Stories, uh, our new studio. It was really fun and positive because I love that podcast, obviously. And that's how I started working with them. Mark Norman and Joe List. Um, for the first time, they gave me a mic on the podcast. So I kind of have a producer's role in the past couple episodes of Tuesdays yep. with Stories, which is really fun. Yep. And uh, that was really good. We shot some bonus stuff um, on the 5th. I don't know what day that was. I think it was a Wednesday. Yes. But that whole week, I was like losing my mind. All weekend, I'm just like beside myself. And, I'm, and I, I, I don't know what to do. I, I don't know what to do because my feelings are so overwhelming. And I just like, I can't even take it. And I'm, I'm writing emails to Gina about how I can't deal with this and like and I'm, I'm telling her straight up like i'm not trying to get back together i had no plans of getting back together but like this it's 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 so hard to lose you and swiss it's so hard to lose our lives together i can't deal with this and i didn't know what to do i was reaching out to her and kind of emailing her because she's the person that um it's about but like really like i didn't i didn't know who could help me or what could help me or what i could do and so um I really, I sent her like a a few crazy emails and stuff like that. Um, And I started looking, I looked, I was actually like, I was trying to like, (laughs) sorry, just the email. Dear Gina, this morning I woke up at 7.32 a.m. I walked into the kitchen and made pizza rolls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Uh, So uh, I was going crazy and I I was losing my mind. That was was just a callback to like break up the tension. Yes, right. uh, Chubies, you're welcome. So I was, I was like, it was probably like 12.30 one night, like Thursday or something. 
And I was like, I don't want to go to, I want to go to bed around 2, 2.30. Right. And I was like, let me clear my inbox because I haven't cleared my inbox in a long time. And just to give people a little bit of an idea, January is a more dead time for like the creative stuff. Whereas like from like October to Christmas is like a crazy, crazy yeah. onslaught of work. So I have a little bit more uh, leeway and leisure time. So I'm clearing my inbox and I find an email that Gina wrote me in like October. And that was when we were breaking up. Right. And it was super sweet and it was super honest and super raw and open and loving and caring. And I looked at my response to her and I really thought it was like not enough of a caring response. Right. And it wasn't mean at all. It wasn't cold at all. I just basically felt like I didn't really give myself emotionally back to her in that time. And I started thinking about our breakup. Yeah. And I started thinking about, I'm trying to, I was all this whole time, I'm trying to analyze, why do I feel this way all of a sudden? Why do I feel destroyed? It was almost like even when we were breaking up, you know, I threw myself into looking for a place in New York so that I could kind of pair the breakup with something that would really take my focus and really, really take up my time and my, my energy so that I would not think about it as much. Yeah. And I kind of came to this conclusion that two two conclusions. Conclusion A. I really think that, you know, if our whole relationship, our whole romantic relationship was a hundred percent of what you can have with someone. Okay. After I started dealing with the fact that I knew we were gonna break up a while ago, um, I started getting myself to really believe we can have a friendship, we can be close, we can say our relationship is so special and so important that I'm going to have to live with 10 to 15% of what that relation, that romantic relationship, which is just a close friendship. Right. I'm going to have to live with that. And I think I tapered my expectations for that over the course of like a year and just believed in this. We're not going to fully lose each other. We're still going to be there. You can still be the person that I can still be the person you call when you're upset. You're still the person I call when I'm upset. We talk, we can still talk to each other. We can still see each other, whatever. And I think I got myself so into that idea and was so down to work on that and so down to keep that relationship that when I kind of was confirmed that it's kind of off the table, it like destroyed me. It's almost like I was, I was very sad about losing Gina and and our and our life together and very very sad about the breakup but i was holding on to this little piece that we're going to stay close we're going to be friends we're going to be in each other's lives and it was like when she closed the door on that you know 2 weeks ago or a week ago it was like all of a sudden the relationship really came to a close yeah. and it fucking threw me into the abyss of course it, would. it, 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 it killed me yeah murdered me and on top of that that's no, that's that's number 1 number 2 I started realizing that when we broke up, it's like when you break up, especially when you're still in love and you're breaking up for kind of a third party reason that's not because you're not in love, it's really tough. And I think me and Gina both were like, we got to run from this. We got to run from these emotions. And we, and I know that we both did and, and try to like put blinders on and just get through the next day. And we acknowledge what we needed to do and, you know, her moving out, all this different stuff. And we really tried to avoid getting deep and sad for a while from when we broke up for probably a couple months. Right. And a couple times we would break and text each other and, you know, 
email each other or call each other and have, you know, these emotional conversations. But it was still that we were breaking up. And one thing you kind of don't do in that setting or at that time period is start tributizing the relationship and start talking about all the great things about it and start acknowledging all the positives because why would you do that during a breakup? doesn't make sense. Right. So I realized that I kind of was like holding all those feelings back, not from her, but just myself in general. I didn't want to acknowledge them myself. Right. Um, Even though I knew I had them. I just didn't want to really get into it. You, you know, on the year-end review last week, I, I say a sentence about how me and Gina and, and broke up and I lost this part of my life, and I, like, got choked up just saying that. Yes. So I'm not going to go into it, even to myself, a thing about how much I love her and all this stuff. So I kind of realized that after you break up, there's a period of time where it's, like, very tough and you guys break up and you separate your lives. And I kind of thought in terms of being friends, maybe we could have more of a, a relationship closure uh discussion or discussions that that are that acknowledge all the positives and really acknowledge how special this was and how important this was and and how much i appreciate her and all these different very specific positive things that i, I think about her that i wasn't going to say during our breakup because right. it's almost confusing yes you know what i mean that's oh, almost confusing to, yeah. to to say that um and I kind of realized I had all these things in my heart that I needed her to know and I needed her to hear, especially, you know, we're, we're closing the book on this relationship. I need her to know these things going out. It's part of this. It, it can't. It's almost like a thing where it's like, well, I can't you can't close the book on this until you get these final thoughts and these final feelings. And so I was dealing with both of those things and I became like, like beside myself with like being like obsessed with like expressing these feelings to her and talking to her about this stuff and like i said this is this is not about her so i'm not going to really get into her uh <laughs> responses to me which were you know i don't know there she, yeah. she, she's she's trying to balance the idea of moving forward and also kind of being considerate so whatever she's right she's doing whatever um but i started going crazy and like calling her breaking down breaking down by myself breaking down with other people breaking down the phone with other people so late Saturday night, that Saturday, which I think was like the 8th, 6th, 7th, 8th. Yeah. Yes. I was like, man, when I broke up, when we were, were breaking up, I talked to my doctor about having some as-needed anti-anxiety medication. Right. And over the years, he gave me, he'll give me like 10 Xanax yeah. for like a year, yeah. you know, which is not very much. And I don't really use it. Um, and when I did this in September and I talked to him, he was like, listen, you're always chasing your anxiety by trying to take something when you have it. Why don't you start trying to beat it beforehand? Um, and he gave me Zoloft. Okay. And in September, I didn't take it. I, I took, he's like, take a half a pill for each first two days, and yep. then you can start taking it normally, one yep. pill a day. I took a half a pill one day, didn't feel anything. Took a half pill the next day, and I felt the tiniest bit slow okay. when I was editing. Yep. And I was like, I don't have the time to, to be slow in editing right now. Right. And I just never took it. So Saturday, December, you know, January 8th, 2022, I was like, oh, my doctor gave me that Zoloft. I wonder if I can get it. This is like desperately at night. Yeah. I'm like, I need something. I need. I can't live with these feelings. And I'm at like, yeah. So I call CVS here. I'm like, can you transfer a prescription? They're like, we don't need to. If it's CVS, every CVS has your prescription. Good. So I found a 24-hour CVS in Staten Island. I went there. I got the Zoloft. I started taking it on Saturday. Um. And I'm freaking out still. I'm really, really, 
it's hard for me to talk to anybody about this stuff. And it's my, you know, I, I'm, I'm kind of like, at this point, I'm set on being like, I need me and Gina to just have a final conversation right. about all these things I think about her and the things I think about us that I need to get out. It has to happen. But she's putting a lot of space between us and a lot of distance to protect herself. And I'm sure because she doesn't want to interfere with her own path and all this right. stuff, which is fine. Um, but I'm freaking out. Yes. And, you know, it's very, very tough. And I'm 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 praying and I'm wishing that she would kind of be a little bit more like she wants to be there for me a little bit. Uh, that's what I wished. But anyway, so, so I'm trying to get through to her all this stuff, freaking out. And as the week goes on from Saturday to, let's call it Wednesday, my leg is getting worse. It doesn't help anything. Yeah. It affects your sleep, which affects your mood, and vicious, uh, vicious downward spiral. So I had this pain in my ankle. And this whole time, I'm assuming, I'm like, you know what? When I had my disc uh, out, they were like, this, this was five months of the disc rubbing on the nerve. So you're going to have some nerve damage. Yeah. And over the years, over the past decade, I've had a couple of flare-ups where I just had pain that radiated from my back. And that's what I figured this was. Yeah. I get a call on Wednesday. Original doctor that gave me the MRI. And she goes, you have another bulging disc in your back. Oof. And when she tells me that, I kind of break down even further. By the way, totally what I was dealing with, mental breakdown. Yes. Like mental breakdown, so extreme. Absolutely. So difficult. Like, yeah. like, like so, so extreme. She tells me this, and I'm just thinking about how much pain I was in 10 years ago and how hard it was and how rough it was. And, and like I said, eventually, logically, A, everyone has a very different experience with this kind of stuff. And B, mine was misdiagnosed for so long. I wasn't careful with it. All these different things could make this a completely different experience. So I'm like, holy shit. I'm like, I have another bulging disc. I can't believe this. Right. The pain is getting worse and worse. Why did I let Brad kick me twice? Yep. Pain is getting worse and worse. Thursday, I'm like, man, this pain is really bad. I have a bulging disc. And in my head, I'm like, I have to go back to Rhode Island. I have to be around people that can help me. Because like, again, Staten Island, I don't have anyone that can really right. help me. It's hard to, I couldn't, I couldn't sit. I mean, I, I could sit a little bit in a specific position. Right. I couldn't stand. It was hard to walk. I couldn't lay down. I'm like, I got to go back to Rhode Island. I have a certain amount of editing that needs to get done before I go to Rhode Island. Right. So let me finish that today, that Thursday. So I'm desperately trying to finish my editing to get some projects done before I leave and go home. Um, and I already was kind of planning on going home because I knew I didn't have any filming for a little bit. Right. And I didn't want to be by myself while I was having a mental breakdown. No, of course not. That's part of it. And so that Monday, I went and filmed with uh, Mark Norman and Joe List again, the Tuesday of Stories guys. And we had a great day. We filmed a couple episodes and a bonus. I was on the bonus. We had a lot of fun that day. But they were like, yeah, so we're not going to film for two weeks. Tell them Steve David no plans to film. I knew that I was like, I was scared to be alone, not in the way that like I'm going to kill myself. Right. But more in the way that I'm like, I'm so desperate that I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, I don't know. I don't know what I can do with these feelings. I'm feeling so fucked up and crazy that like. It just feels like I couldn't even live with that emotional pain. Yeah. I'm like, I got to go home. I got to be around people that I know and people that I can spend time with. That was already on the table. Yeah. Now the bulging disc news comes in. I'm like, I got to be home because physically I'm not going to be able to deal with this by myself. Right, right. Thursday, getting worse, worse. The pain is getting worse and worse, but I'm trying to finish this editing. I'm like, I don't know what to do. I'm like, I'm, do I'm, you know, I'm doing my best to get this done and deal with this pain. Um, 
you know, like I said, I wanted to talk to Gina. She called me that night. I'm like, I can't have this conversation right now. I'm in incredible pain. Um, and I'm still dealing with this emotions, but they're being pushed aside by this physical pain. Yeah. Finally, I'm like, I can't, I can't sit anymore. Stand up. Can't lay down. Can't sleep. From like one in the morning, two in the morning till like six in the morning. I'm just pacing around my apartment. I can't find a comfortable way to sit. I can't lay. I'm losing my fucking mind. Yes. I'm like, I don't know what to do. I remember those days. They're not, they're not great. I'm texting. I'm emailing Walt and I'm like, I got a bulging disc in my spine. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm emailing the Tuesdays guys. I got a bulging disc. I don't know what's going to happen. At 5.55 a.m., I'm like, I got to go to the emergency room. Yes. I can't deal with this pain. Go to the emergency room in Staten Island. And I'm completely by myself. There's, yes. there's no one to, to come help me. Um, and of course, I think if I did ask Walt to go or get him or, Mar or you know, some, yeah. someone probably would go if I asked them, but I think it, it would be, I, I couldn't bring myself to do that. Go to the emergency room. I don't even know where the emergency rooms are. Right. I call ahead. Usually, I'm like, usually in hospitals. I call ahead and I'm like, I, I've, I'm in so much pain. I don't know what to do. And they're like, well, we're not going to give you any pain medication. That's what the nurse said. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck? And I was like, I got to just go anyway. Found one, went to it. I was like, this is probably a good time. 5.55 a.m. Seems like it will be a dead time on yeah. a Thursday. Went in or on a Friday, technically. Went in. Doctor was awesome. He was like, I, I couldn't even sit. I was just pacing around the hospital. And he's like, tell me about this. And I explained it all to him. And he goes, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to give you a shot of Toradol. I'm going to give you uh, Tylenol as pills. And I'm going to give you a, a lidocaine patch on your leg where it hurts. And gave it to me. And I was like, fuck. And I was in my head. I was like, I know this isn't going to help. I've already right. been taking Motrin. Um, and they're just kind of patching me up and telling me to leave. Yeah. But then he says, we're going to give you this stuff. You're going to stay here for 45 minutes. We're going to monitor you. And if that doesn't help, then we're going to move forward. And I was like, that's the way to go. Yeah. That was so nice. He was such a great doctor. Um, and they waited 45 minutes. It didn't help. And he gave me Percocet finally. And it did help. And I laid down and I fell asleep. Yes. In this weird bed. Not even a hospital bed. It was like a. It was like an exam chair. And I just <laughs> fell asleep in it. Perfect. Like curled up. And I was like freaking out. You know, I, I had tears streaming down my face from like, pain and worry yeah not from like crying really but so i'm freaking out i'm like i don't know what's gonna happen and and by the way i'm like catastrophizing like fucking crazy oh I'm yeah like, i'm like my career is over yep i'm like i can't i'm not gonna be able to work with these guys anymore um someone i was texting with was like can you get out of your lease to move back to rhode island and i was like what the fuck why is someone putting this in my head yeah and i was like i was just like losing my mind I, I, I was losing my mind and i was like i gotta get home i i'm like you know i'm like i just have to get home and i have to be around people that can help me um and i was like i gotta bring all my stuff home my computer my hard drives i i and, and part of me was like just get in the car and go home but i was like i can't i can't do that and, and then three days from now I'll be like all my stuff's in new york right so i texted my landlord who i've only met like twice and he's yeah. been very nice and very helpful i go Listen, I'm so sorry to put you in position. I'm having this problem with a bulging disc in my spine. Um, I can't really lift anything. Do you think you could help me put some stuff in my car? And he wrote, on my way. Came over immediately. Yeah. And as soon as I saw him, I'm like, thank you so much. He goes, ah, don't worry about it. He, he was he was basically like, what do you mean? We're best friends. Like, he was so yeah. nice. It was incredible. See, whereas I would be like, what? I, no. And Walt. Do it yourself. Walt texts me. He's like, yeah. if it's easier for you to lay down, I'll drive you to Rhode Island. Yeah. And I was like. Thank you very much. It's it's not easier for me to lay down. I appreciate it. And he's like, that's not an empty gesture. He was right. really nice too. That made me feel cared for. And uh, 
My landlord helped me pack my stuff, put it in, and I was like, I'm praying that I can get home yeah. without being in intense pain. Right. And for people who haven't had like this bulging disc nerve pain, the pain is like debilitating. Yes. Right? Yes. Like like there there I can't the, even explain it. There were times I I I had a 25 minute commute to and from work. Uh, and there were two different times that I'd stop on my way home from Walgreens where I worked at the time mm-hmm. and uh, and pull over and get out and like try to get comfortable. Yeah. So that I could finish my 25 minute drive home. Yeah. For me, for me, it was like I would kill myself. Yeah. If I, I, I was like ready to kill myself 10 years ago. Yeah. Because I, I when I had the 12 Percocet a day for three weeks, I would take it. It would kick in for a little while and then I'd have to wait to take it again. Yep. And in between that time, I was just pacing, pacing yep. around my house yep. for three weeks. So <clears throat> the pain was ter- it was debilitating before I had the Percocet in the hospital. Right. And I was okay after I had the Percocet. Good. I was like, I'm going to drive home. I and, and the way that nerve pain works is like, it's not like there's like, oh, yeah, so you have to sit down. Oh, yeah, so you have to lay down. Right. It just is, your disc is coming out. It's touching a nerve in your spine. And maybe laying down is better. Right. Maybe sitting is better. Maybe standing is better. Maybe pacing is better, but it's different for everyone. It depends yep. on how the nerve touches the disc. It depends on how severe it is. And it changes, like it's not consistent. Right. So I was like, I don't know how this drive is going to be. I had my seat straight up. I had my lumbar support all the way out. And I drove home and I was, the drive was fine. Good. And I was like, thank God I got home. And I was trying to be positive. And my, I talked to my mom and she's like, I talked to the doctor who did your surgery and they're going to get you in the schedule. Um, I had a referral for physical therapy and I made that appointment right away. Yep. Uh, the doctor that found out, you know, that found that I had a bulging disc made a referral for cortisone injections in my spine yep. immediately too. And I was like, I'm doing everything I can. So <clears throat> I'm having this emotional breakdown and this physical thing kind of like right. T-bones it and pushes it out of my head. Yeah. So um, I am... I get home on Friday and I'm like walking super carefully. I'm trying to be as careful as possible. The doctor gave me nine Percocet pills. Right. Um, so I'm like, okay, I feel protected if the pain gets that bad again. Right. Um, but I kind of don't want to take pain pills. No. I want to, you know, I want to be able to feel what's happening, A, and I want to also not get to that point of pain where I'm depending on it because right. that's scary. Because that, that means there's a time running out where you don't have those pills anymore. And what are you going to do when that happens? That's correct. And started taking the Zoloft yep. what, a week and a half beforehand. Yep. Whatever. A week beforehand. I can't have orgasms. My dick is like less sensitive. Mm-hmm. Like I, I remember one day I woke up and I kind of like, you know, it was like, oh, I was just like kind of reaching my arms around. And it went and I, my arm went down and I'm like, oh, I have a big boner. But I didn't realize I had it until my hand touched it. Right. So my dick, I'm like, this I mean, is weird. big is a strong word. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I my, my dick is less sensitive, and now I I can't have orgasms. Yeah. It stays just as hard for as long as I want. Good. But I cannot have an orgasm. Right. And I'm like, what the fuck is this shit? Yeah. Obviously, kind of like a you know, it's a lower priority problem. Right. But I'm like, I got to figure this out. But here's the thing. At first, I was like, I got to get off this Zoloft. But then I'm like, I just got this. I'm dealing with the emotional thing with Gina. Yeah. I just got this terrible news about my bulging disc, and I'm freaking out about that. I don't think I should get off the Zoloft right now, yeah. especially if it's helping me manage my anxiety right. and stress. Right. So I'm like, what the fuck? So I get home. I try to make a spot on my couch that feels comfortable to me. 
Um, to deal with your boner? To deal with my well, <laughs> well I I tried, but no uh, note to no avail, Brad. I, I know that's but you're like, you can sit there and like why is it shaped like that? Like that popcorn bucket has a hole cut at the bottom. <laughs> yes. Um that's me. I mean I'm trying to get you to sit in the popcorn bucket. <laughs> I don't, I don't know so so I'm I'm like, all right, and I I make the I make the uh I make the spot on the couch. I take a nap and that's okay, which yeah. is a big improvement from the night right. before. I make a spot on the couch. I'm trying to chill out. I've talked to all my employers. They're all being patient, whatever. Um, and I'm like, I just need to rest this for a couple days. And so I do. And that was, so that came back Friday and today is Tuesday. Today's Wednesday. Yes. So I came back Friday and I kind of was just completely immobilized for a couple days. I was like, I'm not leaving my house. I'm right. going to walk around as little as possible. Yeah. Same thing when I stood, my ankle would, my ankle pain would flare up. I didn't take any of the Percocet. Right. I didn't take any of the, the 600 milligram ibuprofen he gave me. Although I did take regular Tylenol, regular ibuprofen yeah. here and there, maybe like once a day. And then I think twice I took some at night when I went to sleep. Um, but I've just been staying home until yesterday which was Tuesday. And I was like, all right, today's the first day I'm going to go out because I have to go to physical therapy. Right. So I went to physical therapy yesterday. Didn't you also walk in circles in the church parking lot next door? Yes. So that's one of the things is that I was like, I got to find a, a seat where I'm comfortable and I have to find a place where I am not feeling any pain. And also, I I mean, right away too, like I was like, if I'm going to be kind of immobilized for a little bit, I'm like, I got to limit my calorie count to 1600 calories a day because I had just started running and trying to lose weight and stuff like, like in, that in Staten Island. But yeah, yeah, I was running in Staten Island right, right before this got really bad. Yeah. And so as soon as I was like, I'm going to be immobilized, I, I was like, I have to track my calories and I have to also somehow stay mobile. And as long as it doesn't hurt, I'm going to try to walk. And when I first came back on Friday, I was terrified that that terrible pain was going to come back. Right. Um, but it didn't really come back yeah. and it, you know, it's still, it's still, it still hurt you, yeah. to a much lesser degree when I stood. Yeah. Um, I was able to sleep that night, next day it still hurt and it was harder to sleep on subsequent nights. But since Friday, um, Friday to Tuesday when I had physical therapy yesterday, yeah, it really started subsiding. The pain was subsiding. Um, it's, it still feels like tight and kind of like sore when I stand on my ankle. Yeah. But I went to the physical therapist therapist yesterday. He made me feel a lot better. Yep. He made me feel like he's like you know people look at an MRI and they see a bulging disc and they say this is the source of my pain. When really he's like it could be like several contributing factors. And if you get rid of the other ones, it might not. You might not have any pain at all, even right. if you do have a bulging disc. He said the same. He said a similar thing that happened to you. He's like your pelvis is out of alignment. Yeah. And your left leg is one eighth to one quarter of an inch or to one half of an inch. Uh, Maybe it was one quarter to one. I don't know. Lower than your right one. And that's certainly going to cause you issues. Yeah. And so we're working on that. He made me feel really good. Um, and yeah, so now I'm kind of in this stage where I found out I have a bulging disc. The pain got to like a level like eight or nine. And, you know, I went to the emergency room and now I have this thing and now we have to figure out how to deal with it. So yeah. I went to my first physical therapy I did. I don't have the cortis. I didn't get the cortisone shot yet. Yep. Um, which I'm gonna get, and I have a meeting with my spine specialist that helped me ten years ago. Uh, next week, a week from today. Nice. So now I'm here, and like you know, it is scary because I don't know what that means. I don't know how long I'm gonna be here. I don't know how long I'm gonna be dealing with it. 
um, there's a question that I have, which is, well, what if the pain just goes away and I have no pain for like a week or two weeks? Yeah. Do I go back? Is it still there? Is it just waiting to affect me in the same right, way? To, to rebulge? Yeah. Yeah. And or 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 is it still bulged and it might just hurt? So I've been I've been dealing with all that stuff, and also just because I left this out, I want I kind of want to say it. Um, I I put up one, you know, I've I've on social media I haven't really talked about the breakup. Yeah. Like I put up a thing a while ago that was like I'm really going through a hard time, and I didn't specify. Right. And I realized this because I asked a girl out to dinner and she was like, I didn't know that you and Gina were broken up. Right. And I was like, oh, geez. I'm like, maybe people don't really know. And I think maybe Gina didn't realize that she just left that me and her are in a relationship uh, on her Facebook. It just says in a relationship with Chuck State and as of like still as of like after New Year's, it's like that I did did remove it eventually. Um, And I put up a joke on 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 social media that was just like uh i've heard of like i it was like i've heard of single and ready to mingle how about single and ready to help get my ex-girlfriend stuff out of my house call me if you're built like an ox yeah because there's a bunch of stuff and i thought it was a pretty innocuous joke yeah and i thought it wasn't very uh did you get any callers yeah uh i thought it i thought it was <laughs> just old ox face joe <laughs> i thought it was pretty benign but gina saw it and when we talked like a couple weeks ago in person she was like, that was mean. And like multiple people talked to me about that and thought it was mean. So I kind of, so I, I, I shared it again on social media with like, listen, like this wasn't supposed to be mean. It was supposed to be just a joke. And I kind of did acknowledge me and Gina broke up. Yeah. Uh, I love her. I couldn't have loved her more. It was amazing. Seven years, blah, blah, blah. And I really, I hope I put that to bed and no one thinks that there's any ill will, but, um, but yeah, so all that happened. Um, you know, I kind of put my emotional uh, problems aside to right. deal with this physical problem. Now, over the course of the past five days or so, the physical problem isn't so dire, right. and it's not so. It's not. It's not distracting. It's not emergent. It's still it's, urgent, but yeah. not emergent. And, and I have, and I have all the stuff that I'm, I can do for it is in motion. Right. All the appointments yeah. are made. All the stuff that I'm doing, um, I made all the calls I'm supposed to do. I, I got everything I I need to get, and I'm just kind of waiting for the doctor's appointments. Um, and now <clears throat> we wait to see what happens. Luckily, I have a lot of Tell Him Steve Day videos I can edit. Luckily, I have a bunch of Tuesdays with Story stuff I can edit. And uh, you're, able, so you're able to sit okay in your editing chair. Like, I haven't yeah. had a long editing day yet, right, but good. we're going to see. Yeah. I mean, one of the things the physical therapist said, for every half hour you sit, you should walk for 10 minutes. Yeah. That's a lot. It is. Getting up 15 times a day. Got to learn how to walk and edit. Oh, my God. But uh, I'm thinking about getting a standing desk or one that like yeah. trans goes up and down. It's a good idea. Yeah, I'm going to talk to him about it. But um Oh, and also, I mean, just as this a side thing, I've had this pain in my shoulder, my, my left shoulder yeah. for like a long time yeah, and it part was getting of, worse. part of your evolution into being a hunchback. So, I talked to my doctor about it. He's like, "I don't think it is your shoulder. I think it's your neck. You got an X-ray? I have arthritis in my neck." Whoa! And that's what's causing the pain. It go my my two fingers on my left hand and my thumb go yep. numb. Yep. There's a part of my forearm that goes numb and there's pain in my elbow. Okay. And he, he prescribed physical therapy too. All right. And I talked to the physical therapist yesterday and he's like, oh, that's a separate thing. We can deal with that afterwards. But it, it goes numb like multiple times a day every yeah. day. Yeah. So I'm dealing with the bulging disc, the left arm numb thing. My dick isn't sensitive and I can't have an orgasm. Right, right. Yeah. And I, I got I to call my doctor because I'm going to say... What is the deal with this? Like, yeah. if he says, "Oh, give it three weeks," or whatever, yeah, then okay. But if he's like, "Oh, if it's if that happens to you, then yeah, uh, you, it's gonna stay like that," then I'm gonna okay. get off the Zoloft. Yeah, 
Um, and I don't even know if it's helping. Right. And I don't even know if Zoloft is really going to help you that much five days in, six days in, seven days in. Right. My therapist told me that it would take like six weeks for it to fully... I have no idea. So anyway, that's been my past, you know, month or so or less than that, maybe right. three weeks. And uh, I'm still dealing with the emotional stuff. Um I'm trying to be respectful of Gina's of uh, the space that she wants and the distance because it's she's been really uh it's been really hard for me to like talk to her about this. It's she doesn't you know, she wants space and distance and she doesn't really even want to deal with talking about me and her. Like I've really specified. I'm like I'm not going to confront you with anything that's like I want to get back together or anything right. that's mean or bad. It's it's honestly 100% positive stuff. That we, I just want to be able to say before we kind of really stop talking about our relationship completely. I didn't expect to be put in this situation so quickly. So um, I'm kind of waiting with bated breath for that opportunity. And I'm hoping that helps. I don't even know if that's going to help me. Right. But I'm hoping that helps. But I will say the physical pain did get me over being inconsolable. There you go. That's that's the secret. That's the secret. Yeah, you got to have a distraction. You got to you got to have me kick you twice. Yeah. So things are tough. Yeah. Things are tough. And also, if you're hearing this story, please don't write me with any uh, horror stories about bulging discs or this thing with the bulge. Don't write me about anything. Or about Zoloft and your ability to yes. orgasm. Yeah, yeah. Zoloft, whatever. I'm going to go to the doctors. I'm going to talk to the doctors. I'll have those experiences. Don't give me any anecdotal stories about it. What horror stories are you looking and for? And also, uh, you know, just for, just for the record, I think the best way for me to deal with my ex-girlfriend dating, and I don't want to know anything about that. Right. That's completely separate. Like, I, I, you know, I blocked her on all the social media accounts not in a mean way, just, we talked about it beforehand, yeah. just so that we're not seeing each other and feel, dealing with that. And I don't think she should know anything about my dating life and I don't right. want to know anything about her dating life. So just putting all that out there. Okay. Blinders, please. And I'm doing what I can some people are for the, both of you by not having a dating life. Yes. Thank so you, you very much. both safely follow me. Yes. So uh, things have been tough. Yes. Things have been hard. Um, it's scary. It's weird because like I don't think I've ever really felt suicidal. Yeah. I shouldn't say that. I'm not feeling suicidal now. Good. Or or in the past couple of weeks. Congratulations. But there's a line between like, I'm not going to, I don't think I'm going to kill myself. Right. But I am scared of being by myself with these feelings of this low. Isn't that weird? No. <laughs> like, what? I don't know what that is. If someone's like, you're going to kill yourself. I'm like, no, because my mom would be too sad. Yeah. That's my, that's my reason not to. Yeah. Uh, and besides that, no, but uh, but like I, I'm not really. So, I'm some not, would say like, oh, I just don't want to make my cat an orphan. Right. Some people would say that. There you go. that. That's their one reason for living. Right, but like I, uh, it is cat, weird to be. Cat like, doesn't seem to care so much. I, I'm not. I'm not going to kill myself, but I'm scared to be by myself. Right. Um, it's just that the the depths of of that emotional pain were too tough to handle, especially at two in the morning or whatever. Yeah. It's just like. It's fucked up. And it's so, you know, I've really, like I said, I've been really trying to explore my feelings. I'm like, why does this hit me so hard? And I really think it's that thing of like, I really believed that we were going to hold on to this really important relationship, even if right. it was just going to become platonic. And it's really, it's killing me that, that we're actually not um, for the foreseeable future. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, that's, that's what I wanted to talk about. My cat's meowing into the microphone. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's tough because I I know that there's nothing I can do mm-hmm. to make 
like to to cure either either the physical yeah. or emotional pain. And, and yeah. you know, I've tried to be there to support you mm-hmm. and or distract you, mm-hmm. um, as as you have for me uh, during during some low moments in the past for for uh, for me as well. So, um, you know, I I know that you have support from friends and family. Um, sometimes that support comes from afar and you're like, oh, I just wish that this, like this friend could support me by hanging out with me. Right. Um, but sometimes those friends call you. Yeah. And and there's a lot of, there's, there have been a lot of people that have been here for me during this time that have really helped me weather the storm. Right. And I recognize that. And I really am thankful for those people. And I'm very vocal with those people. Um, but yeah, the being alone, uh, in New York, it's weird because it's like when you move to a new place, you got to give it some time to adjust and, right. and, and build a social life. But it's like I worked so fucking much from when I moved to New York to Christmas. Right. And then on top of that, COVID was so extra crazy that like and on top of that, like I moved to like a very like nice, friendly neighborhood with a lot of families. Right. So there's a lot of obstacles with me really having a social life there, especially in the past couple of months where it was like nonstop work. Yeah. Um, so it was just really really tough um yeah sorry man and uh yeah so i thought i would talk about that because i'm sure people have gone through similar things they have uh you know especially being scared of like a physical thing not knowing how it's going to affect your future i you know i remember before my surgery um but before yeah before my back surgery i was like i cannot go on living like this that's that's how i felt yeah and uh if if the surgery doesn't cure me i don't know what i'm going to do yeah and i was 22 years old at the time. Yeah, yeah. Almost half a lifetime ago. Wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ugh. Half your lifetime for sure. Yeah, it's gross. Um, but yeah, so I'm going to be working on uh, moving forward and, and getting yep. the help that I need with this. And like I said, to be honest, like it has improved greatly over the past five days. And the physical therapist made me feel much better. And the way he was like doing stuff and kind of explaining stuff to me made me feel a lot better. And he's like, nice. he was kind of like, He's like, yeah, you know, I think, uh, you know, four to six weeks or so, you know, you'll be all set. And then maybe you just you know, get a stretch, do some maintenance. You know, maybe every couple yeah. of years you come in and kind of loosen it up again and make sure you're doing everything right. And he really treated it like this is a common thing that people deal with. Good. And it's going to be OK. Good. We'll see what my spine doctor says. Was it cortisone? You know. But you yeah. Re- you remember when I was doing physical therapy a couple of years ago? Yeah. And I was like. I, I was like, oh, I have to fart, and I could, didn't want to fart. And so I asked her the next time when I was like, hey, what do you do if you're doing the stretch and someone farts? She's like, we either don't talk about it or they make a joke about it. Wow, you asked that. Was she cute? Yeah. Ah, she was cute. She was uh, engaged and like, yeah. you know, like cute in, in an abstract way where I wasn't interested, but right. I acknowledge that she's an attractive right, woman. Right, 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 right. Um, but yeah, it was more like... What like uh, you know it's it's a it's a genuine question yeah right uh, and she gave a genuine response good so I'll take it yeah. Um, but yeah we'll we'll get through it and uh, we'll go from there yep and I hope I don't fall back into the emotional hole that I was in because no. I'm still I still want to have this talk and get right. this over with and yep. really tell her all these things yep um but man the the, the emails I was writing and the pit I was falling into and yep. oh my god it was it was. I, I seriously, I, I feel like I haven't felt that helpless in years, years yeah. and years and years. Yeah. Even though like when we broke up, I went through this really, really deep sadness. I guess we felt more connected. And so I still felt like we could, I could lean on her a little bit and talk to her and really express myself. And right. now I really feel like that's, that's really tough to yeah. do. Tough yeah. to do. You I, know, get you. I'm, I don't know. It's really tough. I get you, man. But yeah. That's it. Well, folks out there, um, you know, if you are, if you have a beanie baby collection you'd like us to evaluate, 
uh, which is a part of the documentary. Mm -hmm. Send us twenty to twenty five dollars and your beanie babies. Mm -hmm. We'll authenticate and value them for you. Right. Um, you know, no word on whether or not cats will give birth on them. Yeah, well, we got a cat here. Could be. <laughs> yeah, you never know. Uh, She's looking chubby. She is. Yeah. She is. She is looking chubby, although I uh, spoil her. Um, yeah, send us an email, chuckandbrad at gmail.com, or find the email link through chuckandbradpodcast.com. We do like to uh, read all the emails we get to the podcast. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, thank you all for listening. We know this was an unconventional episode, yes, but it again, was. it's it's you know we're pulling back the curtain. Uh huh. It's time right. for me to say that. That's right. And uh, kind of letting you in on our lives. Uh, sometimes that's super like fun and amazing things. Chuck going to uh, New York to tape with Mark, or uh, sometimes they're less cool and amazing things mm-hmm. like this. Yep. So uh, this is who we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple weeks from now, I might have a health update. Who knows? I have appointments with specialists of my own. Good. Uh, next week. So uh, we may be, you know, maybe live streaming my funeral in a couple weeks. Who yeah, knows? There we go. Who knows? Could happen. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thank you all so much for listening. We appreciate all you, all you chubies and even you rabies. Mm. That's all I've got. That's all I got. Deuces. Message to you.